Naturally occurring black pigments in vegetables, spices, and seeds have been found to have powerful anti-inflammatory effects. Hi, this is Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and I'm excited about what I think may be the next big thing in anti-inflammatory supplements, a brand new all-natural daily preventative against a host of possible inflammatory issues. Black for Health Liquid Extract from Future Farm Botanicals. Black for Health combines four plant-based foods, black garlic, black radish root, black cumin seed, and black peppercorn containing high levels of body-ready healing botanicals. Black for Health supports your liver, skin, cholesterol, blood pressure, and weight management, circulation, and immunity. It's a tasty supplement with liposome complex for optimal absorption. For more information, order order. Call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's myfuture. Farm, P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Today we're talking to Liz Lipsky. Uh, Liz is the author of Digestive Wellness Now, just out in its fifth edition. It's a marvelous encyclopedic book about digestive health, but not just about digestive health, about how uh, altering your digestive status uh, in a positive way can have a big impact on all manner of disorders, uh, fibromyalgia, migraine, skin conditions, autoimmune diseases, even heart disease, osteoporosis. Uh, there's a section on osteoporosis and digestive health. Uh, Liz, you know, one of the most common problems uh, for which people get prescription medication or over-the-counter medication because it's now been made generic uh gerd reflux uh what's up with that i think a lot of different things are up with that you know we love to um, name things and assume that everybody has the same issue just because they have the same symptoms and it's not always true so for some people stress is their main reason why they're having heartburn um, I had a friend who came to visit me while I was living in Hawaii, and he showed up at my house with this lifetime-size bo uh, bottle of uh, antacids. And then he started spending time eating with my family for a month and going to the beach every day. And you know what? His GERD completely went away. He was eating better. He was relaxing. He was exercising. So the, pre the prescription is a trip to Maui and a, and a three-month sojourn at, at your at your house. I think so, <laughs> but I don't live there anymore. So okay. you have to find somewhere else to stay. So, um, you know, so I think stress is a huge factor. I think also the types of food that people eat. Um, I mentioned on part one that 71% of the food that Americans are eating is ultra-processed. And so it's the life and food that gives us life. So um, I think it's important for people to eat real food and to cook food and to actually sit at a table and and make that kind of a relaxing event rather than eating at their desk or eating in their car or eating standing up in the kitchen. Um, you know, hurried eating contributes to GERD. And then some people experience a lot of heartburn from specific foods. Some people have heartburn from eating tomatoes or peppers or um, high acid foods. And then there are other people I found who, I had one client, every time she ate eggs, we discovered, you know, by process of elimination, 
Every time she ate eggs, she had GERD. So that's a very, that's a very idiosyncratic response. What we like very individualized. In other words, most people tolerate eggs, but for this particular person, they would set her off. So you have to do some detective work uh, to determine what what works, what doesn't work. You do a trial of an elimination diet, and then maybe reintroduce foods if you're feeling better, right? Yeah, that's how we figured it out. And I've also had other people I've worked with who gluten or dairy is their issue. So mm -hmm. again, you know, it's like if you have GERD, like start thinking about, well, what might be contributing to that GERD? And, um, and start maybe try an elimination diet. I think I have one up even on my book website that people can download. And um, just try an elimination diet for a couple of weeks and see what happens. Um, there's you need to sort of make yourself a science fair project, you know, like your own personal science fair project and discover what uh, works and what doesn't work. It takes a little time, a little detective work. and But often you can ascertain, uh, you know, the specific things that may be triggers for you. Yeah, you know, I, I'm a big believer in us being science e experiments. You know, you live in your body, hopefully, for 80 years. Like if I was going to live in a house for 80 years... I would take really good care of that house. And if the roof started leaking, I would get up there and I would patch that roof. And, you know, and I don't think we take as good care of our bodies because they're so miraculous. They're self-healing. But at a certain point, they just kind of start saying, okay, enough is enough. I just can't do it. I don't have the right nutrients. I don't have the raw materials. You work 18 hours a day and you don't rest, so I don't have time to repair myself. And, you know, so I'm a big believer in self-care and self-inquiry about our body. Uh, so it, it sounds like there there are different subtypes of GERD, you know, different strokes for different folks. Uh, mm -hmm. One thing that uh, I learned from Dr. Atkins, who, whom I knew very well uh, during my early career in, in New York, he was going great guns at the Atkins Center right here in Manhattan, uh, is that uh, almost as a beneficial side effect of a lot of people going on weight loss diets with his low-carb diet, the Atkins diet, uh, they reported, okay, yeah, uh, the, the pounds melted off, but also their gastrointestinal problems often got better. Now, this is not always the case because, as you say, it's very individual. There are different subtypes of GERD. But for some people, uh, lowering uh, the impact of starchy grains and sugar and certainly uh, sugary beverages um, can uh, alleviate GERD, right? Yeah, so this excites me a lot, and I spend a lot of time in the book talking about this and also lecturing about this a lot. What we know is that the food we eat has the biggest effect on changing the microbiome. And we know that the microbiome affects whether we're fat or thin or happy or sad or, you know, systemic health. So what we eat really makes a difference. And what the microbes in the gut like to eat is carbohydrates. Mm -hmm. So when we're eating a high sugar, high carbohydrate diet, if they're out of balance, they go insane and they make us feel really sick and they produce substances that aren't good for us. So when we go on a low carbohydrate diet like the Atkins diet or some people are doing a paleo immune type diets or low FODMAP diet or specific carbohydrate diet, what happens is that you starve out all those fungi and those bacteria that um, 
secrete um, little toxins called lipopolysaccharides that make your gut leaky. You start starving all of them and you start almost immediately within a couple of weeks starting to feel so much better. And it's pretty exciting when somebody experiences that because in two weeks, people, I'm sure you see this all the time, in two weeks, people go, wow, I haven't felt this good, you know, for years. Yep, in, indeed. I mean, we've literally had people who uh, have avoided uh, esophageal surgery, you know, this, this so-called Nissen fundoplication uh, that they thought they needed because they weren't responding anymore to the, the PPI medication that they were taking. Uh, that, uh, you know, with the diet change, they learned that, uh, you know, the medication wasn't even necessary. So... It's so great. Yeah. But, yeah, it's so great. But for a lot of people, you know, they, they say, mm, you know, this sounds a little tedious. Uh, you know, the, there are these remarkable medications that uh, alleviate uh, stomach discomfort and GERD, reflux. Um, what's the downside of taking these things long term? I mean, I just spoke to someone who said uh, her doctor says it's okay to take this for take it for your lifetime. I mean, it's working, isn't it? So. You might as well just take it until you, you know, until you meet your maker. Ron, you and I both know that these were originally approved for 12 weeks. Right. <laughs> you know? Rhetorical question big time. I'm, I'm, I'm pitching yeah. you a big high hanging curveball for you to hit out the park. I know. So anyway, they were originally for short term use. And they work amazingly well. The proton pump inhibitors, what they do is they block the production of acid in your stomach, which is what Especially makes for, for ulcers, for like, you know, people have bleeding ulcers. I mean, yeah, okay, I get it. You know, you got to turn off the acid for to allow some healing. But they yeah. have now been co-opted and their use has been extrapolated for the tens and tens of millions of Americans who have GERD, heartburn, indigestion, such a common complaint. And they're being used for children, too. Oh, yeah. And we really don't know what the long-term implications of that. But we do know that when you block stomach acid, the acid has a reason why it's there. And the first thing is, is that it pr protects us against food poisoning. So microbes, parasites, fungi that come in on our food, it can break those down. It's also used for break the beginning process of digesting proteins, which come in amino acids that can be 22,000 um, amino acids long and it starts cleaving those so that the pancreatic enzymes have an easier job of like breaking those down into tiny usable um, peptides that we can use. And so if those things don't happen, then protein digestion gets a lot more difficult and we open ourselves up to infection. Um, and we know that people who take proton pump inhibitors long term they have a lot more SIBO. They have a lot more fungal overgrowth. And then the final couple big, you know, coup de grace is that we use that acid in the duodenum, which is when the food leaves the stomach and goes into the first part of the small intestine. That acid actually helps us absorb calcium and iron and potassium and magnesium and manganese and zinc. And you know, all of our minerals. So what There's actually even a, a black see, box warning on the, these medications that say that they may cause magnesium deficiency. Uh, so, which is such a, a 
common problem in America. People just don't consume enough magnesium. This is making it worse. That's bad for for our hearts. Uh, increases the risk for cardiac arrhythmias and you know cardiac diseases. And, and our muscles and our mind and our ability to withstand stress. Because when people are magnesium insufficient, they're really they're more anxious and their muscles are tighter and they feel more tense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, magnesium is for over 300 different uh, functions in the body. Um, and so when we don't have it, those don't happen. But the same thing, you know, like when you somebody's anemic, we say, oh, take your iron with a little bit of orange juice or tomato juice. Why? Because it has acid in it. Mm-hmm. And so people end up becoming um, mineral depleted. So it can t- contribute to bone loss and other kind of mineral insufficiencies. There, there's so, the, that's, that's, I guess, the essence of your chapter on osteoporosis. Uh, because, you know, I was like, okay, I get it about, uh, you know, the relationship between skin disorders, autoimmune disorders. But in osteoporosis, uh, there's a big nutritional and inflammatory component. And uh, so the gut. Uh, has a role in the absorption of the critical nutrients for bone. Yeah. And also that there's a relationship between serotonin and, and bone formation as well. Oh, okay. And we make a lot of serotonin in our brain, but we make most of it in our gut. And so the, the balance of serotonin is also really important for bone, for bone health. So anyway, I think, you know, PPI, sometimes people do need them in an emergency short term, but I'd rather people try acupuncture and um, breathing exercises and going and getting a massage or using something like DGL licorice um, or, or, you know, any of the kind of, um, or um, gamma arisenol, which is a oil from rice bran that Japanese research has demonstrated. It's, it's yeah, inflammatory disorders in the GI tract. Yeah, you know, so, you know, like with this, like with anything, I think in functional medicine, integrative medicine, we're always asking the question, why is this happening? Not just what is it called? And so for everybody, that might be a little different. And so, you know, the the what makes you feel best might be different too. And I think some people with GERD also might have H. pylori infection that's giving them GERD. And other people might have um, a diaphragm that's kind of pushed out of place, causing what's called a hiatal hernia. And in that case, sometimes people with with GERD, all they really need is a couple of osteopathic or chiropractic manipulations, and their GERD's gone. Yeah, I've seen that done. It's a pressure uh, delivered to a certain part of the abdomen that is... Uh, people in osteopathic medicine and chiropractic are trained to do. Uh, and uh, it's, I, I guess it's called visceral manipulation in osteopathic medicine. Is that what it's referred to as? Yeah, I think so. It is. Yeah. 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 Do you suffer from numbness, tingling, burning, or pain in your feet and legs? It could be caused by something as simple and common as a vitamin B1 deficiency. This is Dr. Ronald Hoffman with a solution for low B1, Zobria by OShare Health. 
Zobri is a safe, effective, and clinically proven nutritional supplement containing a high-potency bioactive form of vitamin B1, which has been shown to reverse symptoms caused by low B1 with no side effects. Low B1 causes your nerve cells in your feet and legs to stop functioning properly. may also contribute to forgetfulness, loss of mental focus, fatigue, and loss of appetite. Restoring proper B1 levels has been shown to reverse these symptoms. You can get Zobria now with new lower pricing risk-free by going to Z-O-B-R-I-A com or by calling 1-855-ZOBRIA-8. That's Zobria.com or 1-855-962-7428. Get 20% off the new lower price with coupon code HOFFMAN at checkout plus free shipping. Zobria.com, vitamin B1 perfected. What are some of your favorite supplements for GI problems? I mean, it's, it's obviously beyond the scope of this podcast to uh, you know, go through all the GI ailments as you do in the book, and you have entire chapters devoted to treating various conditions. But uh, what are some of the the top GI supplements you mentioned? Uh, uh, you mentioned uh, licorice extract, DGL. Uh, what are some others? Others that I think are really important. Um, unlike our muscles and our brain, the small intestine main energy nutrient uh, is glutamine. So if somebody has has leaky gut or food sensitivities or skin reactions, it's one of my go-to uh, nutrients would be powdered L-glutamine that people can put in their water bottle and take. It's very easy on the stomach. It's It tastes sweet and it's not, you know, unpalatable. No. Or people can get that in a combination product where it might have some slippery elm or mallow or um, glucosamine in that for gut healing. And so, you know, for somebody with leaky gut, that would be kind of uh, my first ideas. Uh, they might also have some quercetin because quercetin also is helps heal leaky gut and it's also a natural antihistamine. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be one. Um, I also really love using probiotics that are specific for people. Mm-hmm. Um, so... My my favorite probiotic is people eating real food because when we eat, uh, you know, fruits and vegetables, they naturally have good beneficial microbes on them. And, and then when and we they're eat, prebiotics, they're prebiotics as well. They 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 furnish nutrients for to promote the growth of healthy bacteria. Yeah, they're the food for the microbiome. So when we eat soluble fibers, which is another word for prebiotic or resistant starch. Um, we feed the microbiome. So, you know, the first most important supplement is eating really healthy foods, probiotic and prebiotic rich foods. Um, but there's also, you can get some um, prebiotics as uh, acacia, uh, acacia fiber, or you can even use psyllium seed if you're constipated, um, like something like Metamucil. Um, but um, or larch, um, larch uh, fiber also has arabinogalactins. Um, all of these things can really help heal the gut. Um, and then probiotics, you know, there's so many wonderful brands of probiotics. And now we're starting to see, as you say, we're starting to see some probiotics that may help more with anxiety or may help more with with mood or may help more with um, with somebody who has recurring bladder infections. Um, so we're starting to see research and then products that are targeting specific conditions 
based on the research by which probiotics are in them. Could you comment a little on the on the low FODMAP diet because I think that's uh, in vogue and and that probably uh, wasn't such a a big topic in you know your second and third edition where you're now on the fifth edition of digestive wellness. It didn't exist on the second or third exactly. edition. So, but but so the low FODMAP diet, I I kind of I'm glad that we're coming back there because you know for you and I who are pretty healthy. We want to eat a lot of high fiber foods and a lot of good quality prebiotic rich foods, you know, root vegetables and um, potatoes and whole grains and um, fruits and nuts and seeds. And all of these things are going to really feed. Yeah. Choke and parsnips and chicory. chicory Yeah. These are fibrous foods, but for some people, they're problematic, right? Yes. And so... When we were working with somebody who has SIBO or they have dysbiosis or they have fungal infections or they have irritable bowel syndrome, what we're going to see is they're going to start eating these foods and they're just going to get more gas and bloating and more discomfort. And so, again, that's a diagnostic. If you can't eat those foods, then it says, aha, you do want to maybe try a low FODMAP diet or you want to try a Atkins type diet to minimize carbohydrates. The low FODMAP diet was developed by Dr. Sue Shepard and Peter Gibson at the University of Monash in Australia. And they started with a hypothesis. What if we put people on a low prebiotic rich diet? What will happen? And what they've discovered is that for people with irritable bowel syndrome and small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, SIBO, that putting somebody on a low FODMAP diet for a period of like four to six weeks with very low FODMAPs and then starting to reintroduce these prebiotic rich foods, um, you can figure out kind of, you can minimize their IBS and you can also figure out what foods are problematic. And when you look the key, at the thought me, that, Liz, is for mm-hmm. people to realize this is not a lifestyle. This is not a, a you know lifetime commitment. It's actually a trial diet. It's an experiment and it's, uh, you know, to see if a, you respond. And if you respond, uh, it really probably isn't necessary for you to eliminate all the, you know, the full gamut of foods on the low FODMAP diet, try and reintroduce foods as you tolerate them. But maybe you'll discover that, you know, a couple of those foods are really the culprits. Yeah. And, you know, I I think it's so important. I think with, with any therapeutic diet, these aren't lifestyle. The Mediterranean diet, that's a lifestyle. And we can all kind of uh, adhere mostly to a good Mediterranean diet. But when we're going on the, the FODMAPs, when I say it's a low prebiotic rich food, FODMAP stands for F, which is um, fructans. Um, fructans, which are prebiotics. Oligo, the O is oligosaccharides, which are prebiotics. They're the starches in a lot of these foods. Um, uh, D is disaccharides, which are also, um, you know, which are also things like lactose, which is actually a prebiotic. Um, you know, all these sugars. And so the, the FODMAP diet is really low prebiotic rich. And what we see is, yes, you will actually starve out those bad 
you know, dysbiotic, not good for you microbes. Um, and then you can start eating more normally. And you probably also want to work with a really good um, doctor who can say, oh, well, do you need any herbs like oil of oregano or berberine mm-hmm. um, containing herbs to help you get rid of that infection? Or do you need medications to help you get rid of that infection? And how do we heal the leaky gut? And, you know, to really get some guidance and coaching and how to do it. Because we know that after four weeks on the FODMAP diet, that your microbiome splits. We see that, that you know, the kind of uh, gassy, bloaty things that cause the IBS-like symptoms, that those microbes, they start going down. But we also start seeing that the bifidobacteria that are so helpful for us, they start really going down. And so we never want to stay on these diets long term. There's actually a word that's been applied uh, to this, which is Gibson's conundrum. Peter Gibson, the discoverer of this at, uh, in Australia at Monash University said, yeah, you know, it, it, it's therapeutic, but the conundrum, the dilemma is we don't want to so uh, thoroughly suppress those bacteria because long term that may be less healthy because you need those bacteria to make uh, healthy short chain fatty acids like butyrate, which really heal the gut. So, you know, eventually we may want to uh, return to a more moderate intake of some of these previously uh, problematic foods? You know, we do things differently when we don't feel well than when we feel well. And these diets are designed to really help bring us back towards optimal health and over time to really help us to be able to broaden what we can eat as we heal our leaky gut and we start balancing our microbiome again. And the same is true also of the ketogenic diet. You know, we see, I have students who've been on the ketogenic diet for years and they feel amazing on it. But we're starting again, see all these papers saying, you know, um, long term, it may actually increase some of the inflammatory microbes in the gut and reduce um, butyrate. And so, you know, all of these, they were really designed to be short term. Mm -hmm. And what I like about all these diets is, is that they put the power into your own hands as a patient, Mm -hmm. you know, as a person. And they're not only therapeutic, but they're diagnostic, they really help you to figure out what's going on, and why. And, and so you might discover, oh, man, every time I eat a gluten containing grain, I'm depressed for three days, or I have the runs for three days. Um, and so you can say, wow, was that worth it? Well, sometimes that piece of pizza might be worth it. And sometimes you, after a while, you go, you know what, that piece of pizza is rarely going to be worth having three days of depression or runs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it puts the power in your own hands. And then as you heal, as your gut heals, your whole system, your whole body starts feeling better. And then the hope is that some of those foods that made you feel poorly before might not make you feel bad if you eat them occasionally or even put them back in your regular diet. Well, it's it's no coincidence that uh, your clinical focus during your entire career has been uh, digestion because it's so central to overall health. And uh, if we've thrown a lot of uh, ideas and material at you, uh, it's all beautifully uh, and elaborately uh, elucidated in the book, Digestive Wellness. It's a mm-hmm. comprehensive book. Uh, 
that this book available to the general public and it's it just come out right yeah it just came out and it's available uh, if you ask your local bookstore to get it or any of the online sites and uh, you can find out a little more about it at digestivewellnessbook.com and also download an elimination guide okay so i recommend that uh, you folks out there um get it read it uh, but then, you know, don't come back and see me and then run circles around me in the office because you've just read all this information and <laughs> I, I haven't memorized the entire book yet. Uh, it, patients these days are becoming so well informed because of the availability of, uh, resources like digestive wellness. It's amazing. It's really been a, a revolution in knowledge about what's going on with our bodies. Isn't that fantastic? Because every time someone comes into your office, they teach you something new. And then the next person who walks in says, they have the same problem. And you go, hey, have you tried this? And it's that, really great. And that's how we make progress. Uh, Liz, congratulations. Liz Lipsky, the author, uh, today's guest. Congratulations on, you know, a marvelous uh, career and, and yet another wonderful iteration of digestive wellness. Uh, I'm sure you're going to help a lot of people and uh, teach a lot of practitioners through that book. Thanks, Ron. It was so fun to be on this call with you today. And, uh, you know, we're all doing our each our own little piece to try to improve people's health one at a time. Oh, absolutely. And you're certainly doing some heavy lifting. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. As an Intelligent Medicine listener, you know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. But vetting your sources and tracking down the exact products you need can be a hassle. That's why I'm inviting you to browse my online supplement dispensary at drhoffmanstore.com. We stock only the highest quality supplements, some of which are very hard to find elsewhere. The very same supplements I prescribe to my patients and take myself. My specially curated professional-grade supplements are fulfilled via the Fullscript network. Fullscript is the safest and most convenient way to purchase my medical-grade supplements. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, and HIPAA-compliant and offers world-class support. Just go to drhoffmanstore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll also receive free shipping on all of your store orders. That's drhoffmanstore.com. drhoffmanstore.com.